If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Eat Look Feel podcast. As ever, the goal of this podcast is to dig a little bit deeper into how inspirational and aspirational guests approach their health and wellness. Essentially, I try to have the conversations that I think are important. And by doing this, I think we create value outwards. As always, I appreciate you being here. This week's episode is with Will Googe. Will has recently ran across America. He averaged 55 miles for 51 days, all in honour and memory of his late mother Mandy. He's currently raised over 130k for cancer charities and, and that's continuing to rise. We talk through, did this challenge take Will to his mental and physical limit? How he prepared, how he trained, how he got his body ready for the challenge? his daily recovery and nutritional protocols when he was out there, how he's turned one of the worst moments of his life into something so positive, and that moment when he ran into Central Park with his close friends by his side having literally run across America. I approached this episode slightly differently. I tried to see it as just a catch up with a friend and tried to ask him the questions that I think everybody wants to hear and also just tell him what I think everybody's been thinking. This is Will Googe. Googe, good morning. All right, mate. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, first of all, I want to say hats off to you for for obviously one the physical challenge that you did, um, two the continued work you do for for cancer charities. Uh, but I think the most important one is just how positive and optimistic you were throughout. <laughs> I just think I just think hats off to you. Like you were obviously at the physical edge. And, you know, the physical and mental edge of just, you know, you know, it's incomprehensible. And for you to have such sort of positive and optimistic energy, I think was infectious. And it really did sort of hit me. And I know a lot of people back here. So first of all, first of all, I want to say hats off to you. Thank you very much. It's uh, hard. It's hard to do something that long and be like pissed off about it the whole time. So, yeah, I'd prefer just rock around with a smile on my face. And obviously, like, there were certain things off camera you wouldn't have seen um, <clears throat> and ways I interacted with the team that was more serious, but I can't go around being, like, a negative Nancy the whole time. So I'd prefer lead with, like, smile on faces and, like, making shit jokes along the way than be out there going, like, oh, this is so hard, this is so terrible. Like, that's not in. That's not how I do things. So and it thank came you. Across. It came across. Good. <laughs> Firstly, how's the body? Any um, injuries? No injuries, so like muscle and joint wise, I'm fine. I just <clears throat> everything's just a bit more difficult for me. I don't have that. Um, I don't have that power or get up and go. Like walking upstairs is still a bit of a challenge, but I'm real happy that I don't have any underlying issues. So, like I had shin splints before I started this and a potential tr- uh, stress fracture, but then even along the way, nothing flared up. So obviously, I had some minor issues along the way and we negated those as we went which was great from like the team giving me options and stuff but yeah I feel very lucky and I was I've been thanking my legs along the way and I'm still thanking them now for yeah being um being strong and resilient have you had any blood work done or anything like that since you come back no I'd really like to though I'd like Mm. to know what I'm 
probably very low on. And that might be another thing that adds to why I feel so tired and lethargic all the time. I mean, when did I finish? It's been about three weeks almost now. Has it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Probably a bit of adrenal fatigue in there, you'd imagine. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm lacking on some, some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's take it right back uh, and give some sort of context to people that potentially haven't seen what you've been up to. Mm-hmm. What is it that you've just done? What is Transcon? Uh, and the reasons you did it. Why, why did you do it? All right. Transcon is running across America. You can go either way, east to west, west to east. I chose to go from west to east. So I started in Huntington Beach, California. And I finished, I think it was about 3,076 miles later in Central Park, New York. You can actually make it like 2,900 miles if you start from San Francisco. But I followed the route that like my inspiration in the running world and my crew chief, Robbie Ballinger, took. And obviously he had the route. So I felt confident with that. Um, And the reasons behind it was I was raising money for cancer charities in the UK and the US. In the UK, it's Macmillan Cancer Support, who I've worked with a lot over the last five and a half years. Um, and then in America, it was the American Cancer Society. So they run a similar service that Macmillan do, is in like supporting people with cancer. For example, if you can't afford the taxi ride to go and get your chemotherapy, they'll cover that. They get government grants, or you'll get, a, sorry, not a government grant, they're 99% funded by the public. So they'll give you a grant if you can't afford certain things, which is really nice. And they have helplines open 24 hours a day. They have nurses within hospitals who also helped with my mum's treatment. That's why I love Macmillan so much, and I'll get into that in a minute. And then American Cancer Society also provide or are doing cancer research. So it was nice to be able to do, I'm obviously British, a cancer charity I love in the UK, and then also out of respect for the US and being on their soil, <laughs> one of their cancer charities. So yeah, I feel very honoured to do that. And <clears throat> it all stems from the fact that I lost my mum five and a half years ago to cancer. Before that... I played rugby. I was semi-professional, wasn't that good, but for some reason someone was paying me to do it. Kept getting knocked out all the time. And in a period where I actually had to take six weeks off from being knocked out for whatever, fifth or sixth time in not that long, longer time, um, she unfortunately passed away. And when it got back to like the training or going back to it, I just, I'd lost all interest at that point. It was like, I was something was missing from that. She was at every game. She was like my lead support or whatever. So when I was trying to go back, I couldn't figure it out. Stopped doing it. And yeah, for some reason, I found myself running quite far, uh, frequently. So, and Transcon specific, how, so how did it pan out? So how many miles was it a day and for how many days? So it worked out, I did just short of 56 miles a day for 55 days. Wow. Yeah. So two marathons and some change. Two marathons and a 5K. And a beer mile. And a beer mile, yeah. They were, they were great. We'll go on to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you told me post 48.30, which was 48 marathons in 30 days. I bet it feels easy now. Um, yeah. You told me post that, and it, this wasn't in like a sort of arrogant way because you've obviously got no reason to be arrogant to me, but you told me that it was actually easier than you thought it was going to be in terms of it didn't take you to potentially like the ceiling that you kind of almost weirdly wanted to find mm-hmm. so did this uh at times yeah okay it, but even at times as well it did get routine i was always very confident like on some of the days <clears throat> there was a day in oklahoma or two of them actually where the rain was so bad 45 degree wind in my face 
and I knew that I could power walk uh, 50 miles in 12 hours. It got to that stage where I was, I've been doing it for, I don't know, that was probably three or three weeks in. I knew what I could accomplish in a day, whether I was running or walking and my power walk. As I said, 50 miles in 12 hours, I knew I could do it. So I wasn't, I was never like that stressed internally. It was more the, this is gonna be long. Like waking up every morning and just being like, I'm gonna be out there for like 12 to 14 hours. In night climber, it wasn't that exciting. So, yeah, that was that was tough. But <clears throat> what I realised along the way, and obviously you get a lot of lessons, chasing the dragon, which obviously you can associate to a physical feat, you're even like taking drugs or whatever, it's never as good as your first time. But I realised through helping Robbie on some of the things he's done that if I want to get to those upper echelons of like, I really, really can't take another step, I'm going to have to be doing the 200 plus mile races because they're aggressive. As I said, I was running up to 14 hours a day. 14 hours was the longest towards the end, but at the beginning it was usually 12. So there's 12 hours of rest. So I can't get that fatigued in 12 hours, which sounds might sound stupid to some people, but I need to be like sleep deprived and moving when I really don't want to, to get to that get to that I did have the thousand yard stare a few times where you look very ghostly and whatnot but then it was at that point I was nearly done so I didn't get to deal with a real funky weird shit <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the best um, oh, maybe how did the how did the journey play out so was there did it sort of start easy was it difficult was there like a stage in the middle that you found particularly hard like I presume there was a lot of peaks and troughs yeah so we started off in a smart way my first week was the least mileage week I did even though I finished so on the last week I finished on a Saturday and I'd still done more miles in six days than I had done in seven which was a smart idea because between the crew it was almost like holding back like a dog on a chain holding back so make sure he's feeling fresh going into it because the worst thing I could have done was <laughs> throw the fucking kitchen sink at it in the first couple of weeks then potentially have an injury or be super fatigued and then it get progressively worse from that so we really did build it up um there was a tough day on day 17 which was my least mileage day it was 47 and a half miles and at the time felt pretty shit about it but we found out quite quickly that it was like um it was a fueling thing i had my one of my very close friends peter john there who's amazing in many many ways by the way he's contrasting and brilliant but one of the things he does do is cook really well that's why we get on so well, aside from <laughs> him loving running as well. But there was one day, which was day 17, where we kind of fell off of taking, of eating like good, whole, nutritious food. And it's, it's hard out there. You think you're going to be kind of hungry all the time. I really had no satiety or appetite. I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, I really want a burrito or something. It was, things had to be presented to me to, for me to go like, oh, that looks good. I'll eat it. And obviously... I was consuming close to 7,000 calories a day, so I could eat, but there was never like a, a, cr a proper craving. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was never a proper craving. So just on that day, towards the end, they were allowing me to get into an aid stop, which I'd see every six miles, and I'd just grab some crisps or some nuts or something, which wasn't enough, and I bonked hard. I really wanted to stop at mile 40, but Robbie pulled me through to 47 and a half, which was good of him. Um, and then I called it, but... At the time in my brain, even though it was the most probably fried I was across the whole challenge, we were already 
we'd already been quite far ahead. I was probably 50 miles ahead by that point anyway. So in my head, I wasn't stressed. I was like, okay, this has happened. I need to rest properly because I'd fallen back on sleep a bit. I need to rest properly and tomorrow, sure as shit, I'm going to do 52 and a half at least. And I, I think I did like 54. So when you average it out, it was still over 50, which I was, I was okay with. And am I right in thinking you finished, did you finish three or four days earlier than you had originally planned? It was supposed to be 64 and I finished in 55. Wow, so. nine days. Yeah, but interestingly, because of the time difference, I started at 9 or 8.46 in LA, which in New York would have been 11.46 a.m. So I finished in New York at, I think it was 11.30 something. Literally so it made it, 50, the... it made it 50, 55 days, 23 hours, 50 something minutes. So <laughs> I prefer the number. Beat the six, 56, 55 is calling 56, right? Yeah, I prefer the number 55 to 56. Yeah, I'll probably get it tattooed yeah. on me at some point. 55 so. days. 55 looks better. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone really wants to know, it was a Nats cock under 56. Mate, I'll let you round down to be fair. Um, were there any oh shit moments? Like, I'm, presu- I'm presuming there was a lot, but was there any, like, do you have a significant moment in your mind where you were like, I don't know, maybe you woke up one day and thought, oh, shit, I've got a long way to go here. Um, there, it was kind of, it was a frequent feeling in the morning, like waking <laughs> up and just being like, oh. especially because it's so long, man. Like, you've been running for four weeks, 28 days in, and I was probably, I wasn't even halfway at that point. You've ran a month almost a month and you're just like there is still so far to go it's hard to get excited about the end we spoke about it a shit along the way it was like 95 percent of the conversation was what we're doing when we're finishing um but yeah it was just that feeling every morning of waking up and i went bounce out of bed being excited about it it was more like <clears throat> it's time to go to work like slap myself in the face a few times i know i can get the distance how much further can i go than that um yeah how long can i hold on and can I enjoy some of these moments today or am I just going to be out there slogging? Yeah, I get that. Mm. So let's go into let's go into the scientific sort of side of things because I think people are going to find that super interesting. Um, like, let's start with recovery. So obviously, to even be able to put yourself in the arena to be able to do 55 miles a day for that long, you must have been recovering well. Yeah. Um, what did that look like? What was your sort of... Did you have a specific strategy that you used day to day? That's probably my strongest strength, I'd say. <clears throat> I take like the recovery side of things very seriously when I'm doing these things. Um, and aside from making sure that it was, I was kind of getting enough hours off, not necessarily sleep because I had some reasoning for that. But at the start it being like I'd do 11 and a half, 12 hour days. You've got the same amount of time to sit on your ass, fuel up, sleep properly. So <clears throat> making sure that there was adequate rest time rather than going out for... Like when I did the UK run, John and to Land's End, that was like 16-hour days, like a zombie. It was fun looking back at it, horrific at the time. But, yeah, that time off was very important. Um, halfway through the day, or really between 30, mile 30 and 42, as I said earlier, I saw the team every six miles to fuel up or whatever. Any time between mile 30 and 42, when my pace was going down, I was averaging, I was looking for 12 minute miles basically, which is averaging five miles an hour. That's how I could work out that I'd be moving or upright for 12 hours a day to get to 50. <clears throat> 12 hours to 50, no, that's wrong. 12 hours would be to 60. <laughs> okay. 
Well, 12 hours because I'd have an hour break at this mile 30 to 42. And within that hour break, I use this this thing called Nucalm, which is an app on your phone. It's, it's crazy. I've used, I actually used it for the first time after John O'Groats to Land's End when it was this medical-grade device. It cost $6,000. I went to New York to this recovery center and used it. I remember the guy, Aaron, there being like, you can try and fight it, but it will probably get you. And I'll explain what it actually does. <clears throat> it's neuroacoustic software. So if you think when you're awake or stressed, your brain frequency is, is a certain frequency. I don't know what it is, so I don't know that much about science, but let's call it 100 or 120 if you're stressed. It manips your brain frequencies with binaural beats and takes it down into like a, um, what's it called? A meditation state. You're kind of in a trance, which is kind of nice. And then after a while, it takes you down into REM sleep and deep sleep. So that's automatic. You don't have to do anything for it. It just does it for you. And it's a patented technology. So if you listen to binaural beats on YouTube, the pattern remains the same. And your brain is smart enough to pick up on that. So eventually it will stop working. But these particular ones from Nucom are constantly evolving. So you can never get used to it. And when I'd go into my little wagon, we called it Hotel Will because I had my little bed built in there and a wardrobe with all my important shit in it. I would wipe my feet down with a what's it called um a wipe because this was very important as well foot care health um i would either eat before or after the nap generally after but i'd do a 30 minute track and <clears throat> it's like the equivalent of having three hours of normal sleep because it takes you down into those areas so obviously you have most of your sleep normally is light sleep mm -hmm. and the cool thing is about this i wore a whoop band the whole time and i think i was i think i was only in the red I think it was like three or four days. That's wild. Yeah, the stats that came out of that were mad. And Crazy. it's also, it's so cool because you get you get positive, positive or negative reinforcement from the decisions you're making. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing about it. You get to see what it does. And those choices are either, okay, it's helped my recovery today or it hasn't. So to only be in, be in the red that many days, people, <laughs> there's so many comments on Instagram losing their shit. Like, I have more than that in like a normal week period. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd do this new calm nap and the best thing about it was I'd wake up after 30 or 40 minutes and I'd feel extremely like calm, like zen mode. And I'd feel okay about going out and completing the rest of the day. It was almost like splitting one day into two. Mm -hmm. So as I said, I'd wake up. If I'd, got to, if I'd got to 42, think about waking up towards the beginning and being like, I've got eight miles to get to my target. Mm -hmm. Eight, that's, that's one stop. One mile and a beer mile. <laughs> you do a lot of maths when you're out there. Yeah, Constant, like constantly doing like sums in your head. But yeah, that new calm nap was, I'd say it's, it's like my cheat code. Love that. So there was that. And then afterwards, after the beer mile was one that was from my like mental psyche, just like ending the day on a positive note. It's like, well done. You've, you've completed it. Let's celebrate with a beer. Probably not great for your recovery, but. I don't care, I like a beer. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, in the we had a camper van as well that was getting towed by Hotel Will. I'd have a shower, Chef Pete would be on the go, and then we'd all eat dinner as a crew. So we had two content guys, James and Reese, Robbie, Pete, and then there was usually, other than about probably seven days total, there was another one or two people that were close to me, family or family friends or friends alike. So we'd eat as a crew and yeah it'd just be really nice to like get out of the challenge space and just enjoy yourself with people you love around you and eat some food and rather than me showering eating food as quickly as i can or in bed and going to sleep 
I found that <clears throat> whatever it was, an hour, 90 minutes, like very therapeutic and made me made it less of just a constant suck. Yeah, I think there's something in that. I think it might be something to do with, it's obviously hard to, like, like you say, right, a beer mile, just every single bit of research you've ever seen tells you that's stupid yep like drinking alcohol it's going to affect sleep it's going to affect this that mm-hmm. recovery uh but there's i think there's something in just potentially just reducing cortisol and just like you say just switching off and actually yeah it maybe physically it's not but if you were and you're the type of guy that, that is like this if you were so regimented with everything and everything was just about pure optimization mm-hmm. it would just get too much and it yeah. would almost have a counterintuitive effect on you so it's almost like that beer mile almost releases everything for you. Yeah, exactly. I needed that that switch off. Mm, and like a celebration, bro. It's fucking... Yeah, I've probably done 60 miles. If I've done 50... If I average 50... If I did 55 every day, like... Well done, you've done two marathons. Yeah, it's just wild. <laughs> you deserve something. You deserve off, to enjoy some, some of it. Off the back of two miles of yeah, marathons exactly. and two marathons. So, uh, with the new car, just yeah. going back to that, do you use that in your day-to-day life as yeah. well? You do? You, do you use it every night? Uh, so they have there's different channels there's one that's rescue channels are the ones for the naps yeah so they range between 30 minutes and uh, two hours you can also put them on loop so they have something called an end chime which is really nice so whilst they bring you down into those lower frequencies towards the end they bring you out so you don't wake up like whoa like delirious like delirious or feeling like someone's just shaking you up from waking it's like a real nice exit um and then they do an ignite track which <laughs> which is the opposite to rescue right. and it jacks your brain frequencies up okay i use that a few times but honestly it's like your head not in a bad way but it's like your head explodes it's fucking mental it wires really? you wires you up like slaps really, you in the face really loads of times worse than that man or at least better than that so i remember using it on, i don't know it was like, sorry is this coming out of your sleep or is this no you so can just use it day to day you can use it anytime okay yeah so the rest there's the rescue tracks i when i used it i'd use rescue and then i'd wake up and use ignite but there was one particular instance when we were still in the mojave desert and it was the only time that i was going to run on trail in the whole thing other than we actually did find some more but i remember waking up from a nap putting ignite on eating some food and it's just like you're just you're shaking you don't know what to do and then when my shoes were on i literally jumped out of hotel will and fucking sprinted up this hill and people were like what the hell is going on so yeah wow. it's like with great power comes great mm. responsibility i don't know but i don't i only like to use it when i feel like i really need it um and then they have deep sleep tracks which play for you well you can play them for i think 30 minutes or eight hours so i'd always have it on eight hours there's three different ones my favorite one's the rain noise and it kind of, when I go to bed, it feels like it's almost like drawing you in. Mm-hmm. It sounds strange, but I have like a real racy mind at night. I'm like thinking about everything taking over the world. But that allows me to switch al- alongside like the CBD products I take. It allows me to switch off and just drown out into a nice sleep. So, yeah, there's a few different channels on this app and they're all pretty great. Did you ever struggle to sleep at all? There was only one. It was only one. I remember one occasion specifically where I didn't get to sleep until like 2am but other than that no amazing yeah sleep's your best friend on these kind of things yeah um, and I know I know you've mentioned nutrition sort of quite briefly already but what did that look like a little bit more specifically so were you sort of did you have consistent meal times every day uh, I'd say they were pretty consistent yeah yeah because how we started things was I would the time I would start was based around 
the sun rising or falling. So we went through, what was it, four, three different time zones. So when that happened, there was obviously a bit of a shift back, but each night we'd do like 15 minutes back rather than half an hour or try and go jump an hour straight back. So I'd wake up and it wasn't complicated at all. I'd get bought a coffee and I'd get a bowl of cereal of some description. I don't, I didn't have an, like I didn't have an appetite a lot of the time, like I said, but waking up and feeling like heavy was not something I was looking for. And also like from a, like a speed point of view, I want to get out of the door and get started as quickly as possible. It might mean that I'm starting a bit slow, but either way, like I use that first six miles as like a, like a warm up almost. The first six are kind of free. You're just kind of getting into it. You know, you're going to be a bit cranky or whatever, but so coffee, cereal, and then every six miles I see the crew. The first six miles, they'd have made me a smoothie with protein, fruit and vegetables in it. Um, I don't know, some superfood mix or whatever. So I'd always have that at mile six. And if I didn't drink all of it, I'd have the rest of it at mile 12. At mile 12, there'd be some kind of pastry or baked good. <laughs> we like a pan of chocolate, don't we? <laughs> so some, something, something sweet, something pastry-like. And obviously in that, that shake alone, it probably had... 800 to a thousand calories in it anyway and then at mile 18 was my most look i looked forward to that stop and when i did the nap the most mile 18 was always a breakfast sandwich so bacon and egg uh, some bagel with avocado egg and sausage in it or something um and then yeah from there like we would try and introduce some a bigger meal at the the biggest meal was at the break so I don't know if we'd have like a vegan chili before they'd heat it up with some some rice and because we had all the cooking instruments there which was great um and then aside from that when it was hot i would lean on fruit quite heavily um obviously there were times like um, there was some newspaper article in the, f- the fucking photo they use is one with me and a pizza slice and a donut in my hand <laughs> like that's I what we would that. do every day um but yeah, it was like a mix of everything. Like sometimes I'd have burgers, sometimes I'd have pizzas. There was always something that wasn't like superb, but we tried to lean away from processed foods as much as possible. My energy was so good sticking on those like real whole foods. I'd eat a lot of sandwiches and bagels and stuff, but filled with some good stuff in them. So, and the most surprising thing as well, or what like the real, I don't know, joker in the back pocket was Robbie just presented this stuff to me one day which we put in well it was actually before he used it on his um what was it called the speed project before it's called scratch it's like a electrolyte calorie carbohydrate drink from that alone i was getting two and a half thousand calories a day because it was all i would drink carbs as well yeah it was was all i would drink it was like slightly flavored water i'm not good at drinking I'm not good at having gels unless it's like a race or a training thing. I'm not good at having gels. Like I love, um, I love uh, stomach wise. Uh, just like, I don't like, yeah, I don't really like how they make me feel, but mm. over that consistent amount of time, I'm, I'm going to hate them. So in, in normal life, like I love Morton gels, like when I'm racing or doing high intensity stuff, they're fucking amazing. Like you can really feel quite soon after taking one, how much it's doing for you. But I'm not at the upper echelons of, uh, like heart rate or whatever I'm literally trundling along trying to stay in the green zone I'm never pushing too hard it's just over such long periods of time so I didn't need I didn't feel like I needed that edge but this scratch stuff man it was like two and a half thousand calories of f- free it was just like slightly flavored water as I said that's all I would have in my bottles every day didn't really get bored of it there was a few flavors 
lemon and lime. One was probably cherry or something. Didn't really, really notice. It was just I'd drink because I needed to drink. So mm-hmm. that was a big one. And then obviously at night, would, as I said, it sometimes would reheat what we had the night before. We'd have a big meal together. So yeah, I was getting, I was getting around 7,000 calories a day, which sounds probably fun to a lot of people, but it's, it's as much an eating challenge as it is a, yeah. like a physical and mental one for sure. Interesting. Um, and preparation wise, so obviously, you know, this, this started way before. I mean, you don't just turn up and do these sort of things. Like prep wise, what did the preparation look like? I presume you probably underprepared on kilometers and overprepared on the strength work. Yes. Just because it's, well, it's, <coughs> it's actually yeah, impossi- impossible to recreate the, the kilometers, right? So how yeah. did you, you did altitude training as well. Yeah, yeah. So I would say part of it is actually my training has been ever since I started running has been training in one way because you like just jumping in and doing this is your first big thing even if you've done a few like multi-day races it's gonna fuck you hard (laughs) it's gonna so the fact that i did i ran the length of the uk in 2019 i did 48 30 48 marathons in 30 days in 2021 i think it was yeah i do these things every two years um and i've done a few multi-stage races like uh marathon de saab and then made up my own shit as well having that as a like a backbone for going into this made me feel confident that i can at least do 30 days of hard stuff obviously i thought it was going to be double that but that was a big mental thing for me of it not being huge a huge amount of unknown (laughs) a bit (laughs) but the most i'd done was 1275 miles and then i was trying to do 3100 and something so Mm -hmm. yeah but as i say that was big um when i knew i was going to do this or it was close to getting across the line i left london at the start of december i went to cape town for five weeks so that was really good to just build my mileage and getting to a routine of running basically every day and trying to trying to build it up as best i can so yeah built up the kilometers there got into doing five workouts a week alongside running six or seven times um strength stuff strength stuff yeah i'll talk i'll get into that Mm -hmm. because harley lawton's an absolute g (laughs) um and then got home well i actually wasn't home for long at all actually i got home and then i went to colorado where robbie lives um and did some altitude so he's in um he's in a place called salida colorado so that's at 7200 feet um which i'd be at quite a lot across the run across america and then the highest point which is angel fire in new mexico was 9000 feet and robbie also has a climb by his house that goes up to 9000 feet so it was good to it was good to get used to being at that altitude and anyone that's been to altitude knows like the first time you try and go and run you're just like what is the air is so thin and it's so hard um but doing that what was it eight or nine days with him out there was was really good and also the fact that we gradually grew in altitude rather than me being altitude straight away meant that I almost was altitude training as I was going along, getting to that highest point. Mm-hmm. So they were the two big <clears throat> like blocks in terms of really bringing up the mileage. In Colorado, we did a hundred and forty mile week, so we did. Right. Yeah, we did twenty. We did twenty miles a day. Did you ever take it to sixty miles a day? No. You'd never. You'd never done that before. Oh. No, never done it, which was fun. Uh, and then yeah, the strength tra- training, the strength training side of things, I think, is my biggest asset. 
I don't break down easily, as you said at the start. If you've got anything wrong with you, and I don't, which is Crazy. which is a blessing. But I take that side of things maybe more seriously when I'm going when I'm trying to do a big running effort. Um, I take it more seriously than the mileage because if I'm trying to go and do a training week of running 375 to 420 miles, you may as well be doing it. The only thing you're going to risk in doing that is getting injured or overexerting yourself. Like I'm screwed now but that's the challenge done so it doesn't matter so yeah keep the mile keep the miles high try and get like 100 mile weeks or more if you can but strength training side of things is going to make you resilient and not break down so i've worked with harvey lawton at the movement blueprint since i did my first training program with him in preparation for john o'groats land's end and then we've always continued doing stuff together and we brought out a program together called run shape resilience which is based around running obviously um, but also the aesthetic side of things. So pe- I think people always want, regardless, you're going to get some aesthetic gains from doing any kind of exercise, really. But that's just how I've always trained when I was playing rugby. I used to just do beach weights all the time and a few squats. So it's like um, it's a combination of his fucking ex- sick knowledge and some of the exercises you're doing it. You're just like they're very different to what you do in a normal gym. A lot of isolated loads, one leg split squat stance. But we're always bringing in things that are going to make you resilient to running. So I remember when I first started, like my hip flexors and like around the glutes especially would break down. Now they're my strongest asset. So manipulating your body in that way that you're not going to break down. You've got some <clears throat> good aesthetics, but you're also going to power through the running. So yeah, it's been it's been amazing to work with him. We're actually doing like he's done me a one to one program of like getting back into it, which. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to start yet because I've been moving around too much, but I'm looking forward to getting into that. Amazing. Um, and what did you listen to when you, because uh, you always had headphones in, right? What were you listening yeah, to? Yeah, most of the time. The, so um, when you were running day to day? We called like mile zero to 30, like business operating hours. So I'd be on my own. Generally, I'd just listen to music, man. I listen to music all, basically all day, every day anyway. And if you want genre, it went all over the place. I don't yeah. have like a specific thing I listen to. If I'm doing if I'm doing a, a training run for something fast, then sure I'll listen to something upbeat or some heavy like rap, heavy rock, whatever. But during that, I just basically click shuffle. Andrea Bocelli could come on, put it that way. <laughs> Shaggy could come on. Like if you name an artist, it's somewhat, somewhat well known. Like it could be, it was jazz at some points. I mean, to be fair, you had a long time out there, right? I had a long time you, out you there. Went through some albums. I went through some albums. I even listened to Robbie Williams at one point. Really. Yeah, cool. That is a low point. That is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things did get weird. Yeah, it did get weird then. Um, did you have any mindset tricks that you so like when things got real ugly? Yeah. For like the there must have been stages where you were just like oh no. And do you have any like tricks? Is there anything you'd put on or anything you'd think about to just try and get yourself going again? There was one cool thing that went through my brain a few times, and it w- it actually stemmed from. Um, Robbie when he was doing the speed project so we'll rewind a bit before I started the run across America as a crew we did the speed project with him which is a a, well it's usually a relay race but some psychos do it solo it's a run from Santa Monica Beach Pier in LA to the strip in Las Vegas and the thing about it is it's a no rules race so you can go any which way you want you just have to get there which makes it fun Mm. We use that as like a a, a warm up. 
yeah the only you have to run <laughs> you have to run it but you can go anywhere you want so there's no select route so it's a really fun race um and we use that as like um as a warm-up for what we were doing because it was going to be way more aggressive than transcon but everyone could kind of figure out their roles where they fit what needed to be done so it was birth by fire but a really good exercise and he said he said at points to himself especially bro it was the most impressive running feet i've seen in person the last 30 miles of the whole thing he was basically down and out but they did a live on instagram and because you never really know who's in first place or whatever um i can't remember the woman's name that won it but this savage woman won it she'd she'd just finished or was close to and then robbie was in second place about i think it was six or seven miles ahead of four other guys so at that point we I woke him up from a nap out of respect <laughs> and I was like, dude, uh, we need to talk to you about something. He was like, yeah, he was like, yeah what? I was like, okay, so the lady is about to finish. We kind of knew this was going to happen anyway from like updates along the way, but we were like, <clears throat> you're in second place. There are four guys behind you at a point we've been at semi recently. He just fucking jetted up <clears throat> and basically he was like, I obviously can't win at this point, but he was like, the only way I'm going to find satisfaction out of this is if I rage until the end. And I know that I've given it absolutely everything. I was like, brother, I'm here for that. He was like, I want to gel every 5K. And basically, he after running 200 and... I think it was 250 miles already, he raged hard for the last 30. It was sick. He was basically falling asleep and getting prepped up and carried on going, but... He said something along the way which really resonated with me and it was if i can i will and when things got tough for me out there i was like i've seen that guy do that at that stage of a 208-ish mile race i'm not i'm not close to the feeling he's at <clears throat> even after multiple days and i'm always just like i can take another step <clears throat> one step is not a big deal at any point even if it hurts it's not a big deal so you can always take another one and even though it's 3,100-ish miles it's mad to think that that's made up of just single steps over and over again so that was <clears throat> that was my that was my trick um, in terms of like something I could play in my head of like if I can I will and then <clears throat> I don't know what's up with our coughs, coughs today but they're in um, and then the other thing is like I've always lent on this and seeing my mum fight cancer well, I definitely saw it. She had it three times. The first time I didn't even notice. The second time I did. And obviously the third time I really did because I was there at the end. But seeing someone fight for their life is so different and not even close to what fucking running is or any physical challenge. So that's like, I don't, some people get it. Some people don't understand it. But dude, I've chosen to be there. I'm not dying. So out of respect for who I'm doing it for and the reasoning behind it, like, just carry on. Because you can. You absolutely can. It's not that bad. You People didn't choose to get a life-threatening disease, but they're fighting it every day. So what I did, even though you might think it's crazy and mad, is doesn't come fucking close to any any life-threatening disease. So, yeah. 
it's irrelevant it's insane <laughs> i think that filters down as well man like as in you you probably don't see it to be honest in the world you're in but i think that just that whole idea like what you said there almost that robbie what robbie did inspires you yeah i think what you do inspires people to whether it be at whatever level they are you know whether it's like a 5k or a 10k like even just people People almost tell me through you, like my like boys group chats and stuff. Everybody's like all of a sudden running and like pushing the needle, and yeah. and it's I think like you say that filters down, which is which is just obviously just part of the inspiration that you have, which is incredible. Um, but what advice would you give to people? Say they are super inspired by what you've done. Mm-hmm. They want to push the needle this weekend, right? They're, whatever the level there is, whether that's like to run further than they've ever run. So this is like whether they want to run a half, whether a marathon is the distance they've never run. Yeah. What would your generic advice be in terms of like preparation, maybe fueling it and recovery? So they want to do it this weekend. Okay. <clears throat> Firstly, I would lean in and say, just fucking do it because you can. <laughs> I knew you were going to say whatever, that. Whatever distance you've set yourself, you can do it. You already can. If someone put a gun to your head, or especially someone you love's head, and said, whatever, as you say, whatever distance it is, you have to go and do this, otherwise I'm going to pull the trigger, you would absolutely do it. So <clears throat> just just know you can do it already. It's just about how well you're going to do it. In terms of prepping for it, obviously like a carb load is a smart thing to do. So the f- a few days before, make sure you're increasing your carbs and also <clears throat> make sure that you're not training hard those days leading up to it. Keep moving, but don't do anything stupid. Like, go into it as fresh as you can. Um, In terms of on the day, everyone's going to be different. I like starting light. Some people, like for me, for an example, I don't fuck with oats. And that will probably hurt a lot of people's feelings. But I don't want oatmeal before or porridge or whatever before doing anything, really. I don't mind the taste, but it doesn't make me feel good. So whatever your strategy is for the morning of, it needs to be specific to you. Different people have different needs. Whatever, what, how, whatever makes you feel the best and don't think about what's going to happen during this run or this race. Do it in the morning. <clears throat> you don't have to stretch too much. You don't have to do anything. Keep it very simple. Just feel good. Start off and then if you have started like, like I have, it's very smart to fuel up during it. Um, if it's, the, it's going to be the furthest distance, you have, as you've said. So fueling along the way and taking time to walk have some have take some nutrition down some water or whatever is not going to kill you we're going for distance we're not going for you're not trying to do a sub two hour marathon it's fine so just know that at points along this way along the way you're not going to run the whole thing you're going to walk and walking is fine walking is progress as i said i did a day or even it was probably two or three days where i just power walked the whole day and i got to 50 miles and that was 12 hours and if you're going for your longest distance this might take you 24 so buckle up buddy (laughs) but yeah you're going to be fueling along the way and keep it smart try and keep it as whole food based as you can um you can only last so long on smashing caffeine and sugar and also with those things you're going to have a drop off so if you do those things too hard too early when you don't really actually need them they're going to give you negative effects i'll only do the high sugar thing like smashing a pack of harry bow and taking a red bull when i really 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 need it not when I really need it, when I really, really, really need it. Because then you're actually going to feel a positive impact and it's not going to be too much of a drop-off afterwards. Or if it is too much of a drop-off afterwards, you're close enough to the end where you're just going to rage through it. What other advice did they need? Recovery. <coughs> Recovery? Yeah. Uh, worry, worry about that when you yeah, get there. <laughs> when you finish. We're talking about the main event here. <laughs> you My recovery tactics are not what you want. 
yeah at all yeah as in like after the event i've been having a good time yeah without any that's not your uh, without any point without any regret good for you you deserve <laughs> it um your dad came and crewed for a bit didn't he yeah graham was out there crewing um, is a strong phrase okay he was, was there he joined the party <laughs> yeah um what does he make of it all i'm just fascinated to know what does he make of all this <laughs> like running obviously because it's for your mum uh, yeah. and in memory of that like what does he does he he's confused is he yeah yeah he still does he like still doesn't he get he likes it a bit more now because when i did john and it was basically self-destruct mode for me i was <clears throat> i wasn't running for anything to do with happiness it was i wanted to basically for me it was like acceptable self-harm People could I wasn't going out. <clears throat> I wasn't going out partying for seven days, doing drugs, making people worried. I wasn't. I wasn't actually self-harming myself, but I. W I was in a way. That was my way of doing it in a way that people wouldn't be too concerned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, he's just running really far. We can accept that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, it had a positive impact rather than a truly negative one. So, mm. yeah, he. He really didn't like John O'Groats Land's End. He came out at a time I'd <laughs> pulling up. <laughs> I remember him pulling up and my brother and Robbie had to do a real good job of like calming him down and make, make him feel all right. Robbie had just done Transcon himself. And here I was in the back of this VW camper van, whatever, like in the fetal position, looking like I was actually on crack or something. That's how, that's how mad it was out there. It was... I look back at it with such such a smile on my face because it was so wild. But he turns up and I'm obviously not looking good at all. And he's just like, why? Why? He's like, why is he doing this? I don't understand. Like, can he st can he stop? And Robbie was just there going like, oh, yeah, this was this happened a lot to me on the American run. He was like, yeah, it's just the way it goes. But honestly, it's fine. Like trying to make him feel good. But now he's a lot more comfortable with it because I, I seem to execute what i execute what i'm doing and i don't get to those levels even though i'm still seeking them um but yeah he still can't wrap his head around it quite which i understand it's not it's not normal mm, no completely i like the fact that more people are like seeking this out and it's becoming more normalized but yeah he uh doesn't get it too much but it's better now and that's quite that's quite an interesting story in itself like how did you get into the sort of running world because it's all still relatively new as in people that usually runs run transcon this is like you know decades of running and then they go and do something like this like i saw i think you shared recently it was your first ultra which was 100k mm. was was it three years ago and you were running it in like nike alpha flies or something <laughs> it was nike pegasus that's, and that's it, it was like a 90 percent of it was trail yeah <laughs> it was um five oh, was it five or was it four years ago <clears throat> so mum passed away in January 2018. Yeah, this was in 2019. Okay. Yeah, I did my first marathon on Christmas Day after she passed away, which was obviously like 11 months later. Mm -hmm. And then that for me was trying to avoid Christmas. You know when someone closely passes away, it makes every like extremely happy moment, there's something always missing. So there's always going to be a level of this still kind of sucks. So I was trying to avoid Christmas at all costs and obviously I'd been running, so... I was like, what can I do to get out of Christmas without concerning people? I was like, ah, I'll, I'll run my first marathon. So I did it around my hometown, ran around places kind of special to us as a family. And I think we raised close to like 20,000 pounds. So I got positive reinforcement from 
put myself in the bin. And even though I can, I could go and run a marathon now and not be concerned about it, just understand that my first one was fucking hard. <laughs> couldn't be, couldn't believe how hard it was. So if you're just starting out or thinking about it, <clears throat> I'm I'm not I'm I don't think I'm special whatsoever. I don't have any kind of trait that makes me good at this shit. I just have a really good reason for it, and I've figured it out mentally. And obviously, I've implicated and built up somewhat gradually to do these things <clears throat> so if you're thinking about starting and thinking well i can never do any of this shit this fucking guy's talking about you can you actually can i'm not i'm not running jesus even though grace and heart from pure sport calls me it <laughs> i'm not i'm not him it's just it's it's worked out this way um so yeah i got positive in reinforcement from that and then i was immediately like how can I do, how can I do more? I was hooked instantly. I was like, what can I do that's way bigger than a marathon? I was like, maybe I can run run the length of the UK. I actually, I didn't know what John O'Groats Land's End was. When I heard that, I was like, people cycle that, but I didn't know what it was. So when I was first on the map, I was just going straight down the country from top of Scotland to the bottom of England, like landing somewhere in the middle and being like, well, could I like go via like home in Bedfordshire and then London and make it kind of cool? And then someone was like, why don't you do John O'Groats Land's End? I was like, I've heard of that. People cycle it, and it's like the most northeast part of the UK to the most southwest. Um, and in that period, I did three. Yeah, from my first marathon, I did three marathons, and I did two ultras. One was the 101k, I think it was, uh, London to Brighton Challenge, and then the other one was called the Wall, which goes across Hadrian's Wall from, I think it's Carlisle to Newcastle, and that was like 111. Uh, but I never ran the next day after any any of these things I did. So then all of a sudden I decided to run the length of the UK and it kind of didn't pan out as I thought it would. It was way harder, but a beautiful experience. Um, and the reason, so now I have to backtrack, the reason I got into running and ended up doing that first marathon was because I hated running. <laughs> Which sounds like the stupid thing to say, but when I was... Growing up, I was always in team sports, played football, I played cricket at one point. I played Rugby was my, my main thing. The thought of going for a run for me was punishment. It's like if someone fucked up on the training pitch or spoke back to a coach or whatever, it's like you're going to go and do laps. So that was a punishment and it wasn't like a good thing. In off-season, I'd, I'd never ran a 5K before. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out for a run. It started off, it started to suck real quick continued to suck and then you finished and that was it there was no like there's no goal you didn't score a try or do something good or a teammate didn't congratulate you in a high five like no one wins running races unless you're early Kipchoge basically or the new guy on the block super fast but you like no one wins you're in a race you go to you go run the London Marathon you're gonna finish in like 10,000th place <laughs> so it's a mad concept for me to get past at that point in my life of like, why the fuck would I do this? But nine months before she passed away, I was in LA. It was my first time going back after meeting this girl who became my girlfriend, now my ex. But so obviously I was excited to be there. We were staying in Santa Monica. I'd just arrived. We'd um, gone to bed or whatever. And I'd woke up. It's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, fuck. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, I need to wait for this chick to get up or just anything to open. So I've got three hours to kill. So I was like, all right, okay, if I'm going to ever enjoy a run, it's going to be on the beach with the sun rising. 
like I'm already in a I'm in a good mood like okay I'm gonna get out the door didn't actually take shoes with me which was interesting because I thought I'd be on the sand but I ran along this boardwalk had headphones on the sun was rising I was like hmm this is all right <laughs> so and then I was in a really good mood so I kept going and I got all the way to the end of Santa Monica Beach on this boardwalk where it becomes I think the Pacific Highway is there and there's mountains and then it's Malibu so you can't go any further and I was like well the only way the only thing I can do now is run back so ran back to the hotel and I remember this climb at the end because you obviously have to get back up Malibu Beach is way lower than where the road is I remember seeing another guy running in front of me and I was like I'm gonna burn this fucking guy <laughs> this is like the competitive side of me I was like I've run further than I've ever run before I'm gonna get him so I sprint up past this guy in the tarmac get back into the hotel I've got like blood blisters on my feet I'd actually given my shoes to the receptionist as I left and then I asked them back and she was very confused <laughs> I get back up to the room I'm in like the best mood of all time. I looked like nine months later, it was about, I think the run was about 14 kilometers. So it's pretty far for someone that didn't run. Obviously I've I've always had like, come from a, an athletic background. So it wasn't like going from zero to 14K, but I was just in the best, the best mood ever. And then mum calls me, she'd just been to see the doctor um, and she'd been told she was in remission. So in my head, she'd beaten cancer which she had at the time and coupled that the best news I've ever got in my life with this feeling of what I've just told you smash that together fuck me it was perfect I couldn't I celebrated for the rest of the day I remember buying a, buying a cigar going out to this lunch getting champagne I was just in the best mood ever so fast forward nine months then the worst thing in my life happens to me she passes away and I found myself unconsciously going out for runs. It might be 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, couldn't sleep, upset, angry. I'd go for a run, and whilst I wouldn't I wouldn't fix my issues, you can't do that, but when I got back, I would feel a little bit better than I did when I left. And so that became my way of dealing with it. I, didn't, I could speak to people about it, but I'd never get down to the nitty-gritty of actually how I was feeling. So... That became like my savior or my vehicle for actually being able to move forward. And yeah, that's what led me where I am now and continues to drive me. So I don't, I might get that feeling again when I have my own family. But until then, yeah, I know that these, this running thing for me has always been trying to tap back into. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Getting that feeling again. The feeling you had when you... So you were running into Central Park, yeah. right? You've got your best mates, your crew who you've just spent 50 days with. You've literally just run across America. Yeah. Everyone's running in Will Googe merchandise. <laughs> There's literally people you've never met before. You're the other side of the world, like, clapping you in. Yeah. In the sunshine. Yeah. I mean, does it get any better than that? What was that feeling like? It was mad, really. Literally, the the whole last day, even when I was in it, I was like, this feels and looks like a dream. Everything was different. Everything had like an extra shine to it. Everything looked different than normal life does. 
and it like it didn't disappoint at all like it was it was cra- it was fucking crazy in in like the best best way possible and just again like acknowledging the fact that cuz it's still hard for me to consider it's only been a few weeks since i've finished i can't think about that whole period i haven't ha- i haven't had the time of like free time and space really i need to go and do something like this again <laughs> but no really just do that version but on like a sun lounger or something so i can actually think about it in its totality to- i don't know what that word, what word am i saying totality totality thank you i'm glad there's someone intelligent in this fucking booth <laughs> um but yeah man that last day it was just yeah it was diff- it was different it was different level and the worst or the worst best thing about that is you're going to want it again. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't do that and not want to do it again. And I, I always think back to... Imagine there's two people I'm jealous of, in, jealous of in the world. The best sports people that are in stadiums playing Champions League football or internationally, whatever. Whatever sport it is, there's fucking 60,000 people there. And at the same time, musicians. Headlining Glastonbury or something what you can do in that arena as an individual if it's an individual sport or a team sport whatever or a musician or part of a band the whole stadium around you or at least if they're on your side they're rocking to your rhythm whatever you do you're controlling them like when you see the crowd at a music festival everyone's moving the same like having that control over people i don't know how you would stop doing that like, I feel sorry for sports people that are professional and at the top. Johnny Wilkinson do, knocking that drop goal, winning the World Cup. You can't get those feelings again. It's, hu- it's, so, hu- it's hu- so hard for me to think about getting out of getting that feeling again. But do you not think you are almost there in your own individual way? No way. It wasn't 60,000 people there. <laughs> yeah, but content-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. when, you, when you drop that video, I think there's a lot more people watching that and to, and getting inspired by that than you realise. Yeah, maybe, but... I and maybe know. in time it will come. I mean, it's all, like you say, it's been three weeks and you've been pretty much here, there and everywhere since, yeah. right? So maybe, you know, maybe that, that will come. But um, that goes on to, to something that I wanted to ask you in terms of, do you think your relationship with this sort of thing is healthy? Do you think... Like, where does this end for you? Because you've <laughs> already said, demise. <laughs> yeah, he's in like, you know, like where's obviously there's 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 the heart, the sort of side to it of raising the money for charity. Right. Mm-hmm. And the incredible work you do around that. And obviously your, your mum's memory. But there's also a side to this, which you're chasing, which is like, h- how do you get to the ceiling? Like, is it is it going to be a challenge that you set yourself and you physically cannot do it. Like, is that what is that where this ends? Finding the ceiling is great, but then once you've found it, it moves again. Well, that's it. It's like steps up a ladder. But I don't, I don't say it's unhealthy. As I say, I finish this, my body feels pretty good. There's like Robbie. I've spoken to him. I speak to him all the time anyway. But he was just like, dude, it took me a year to get back to a place where I could actually push again, which concerns me. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't been that long, and I feel like I don't have that. I don't I can't get out of even fucking second gear. So there's a part of that concerns me, but at the same time, I'm always I can't I can't switch off from wanting to do this. There was points along the way where I was thinking about what I this was the night where I didn't sleep until two a.m. I was planning what the fuck I was gonna do next. Like that is insane. I was yeah. on day like forty or something, and I'm thinking like, oh, what can I do next? Like that's stupid. Mm. But 
Yeah, I want to. I want. I think people want to find their limits, and it's constantly changing. As you say, running my first marathon, or even doing my first half, it's like it's, it's a constant build up. But that's what you want life to be. You don't want it to. You don't really want it to finish. Mm-hmm. You always there's always going to be something next or something bigger or or better. And whilst you still have drive or a goal that continuously changes, you're going to be in, you're going to be enthusiastic to move to that next level. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Agreed. 29. Hedonic treadmill, they call it. Yeah. Um, so I don't actually want to give this too much time because I don't think it's worthy of it, but we have to cover it. Yeah. So there was, you had, let's say, doubters whilst, <laughs> whilst, whilst you were out yeah. there, right? Um, they were, well, I mean, I, don't, I can't even keep up with what they were doubting. One minute it was heart rate, then it yeah. was like whether you were being legit and whether you were driving some of it. And then it was, are oh, you actually even running this? Like yeah. it's some sort of like AI experiment or something. <laughs> Uh, so much so that you know someone literally flew from from the UK out yeah. to Oklahoma. They met you right and mm-hmm. and watched you run, watched you plod along at yeah. five miles an hour every single hour, shouting out your time at you yeah. for was it about a week? Like yeah, I think it was there for four or five days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how did you like? Obviously now we can look back and laugh, but at the time, how did you deal with that when you're sort of in the arena and everything's mm. like stressful? Because I know it was it caused a lot of fallout with the crew as well, which yeah. obviously is. Did did you find it motivating or did you find it throw you off your course? Uh, it did a bit of both, but okay. from the beginning, like, I don't care. I actually don't. Like, if there's always going to be someone saying something and I'm just like, it doesn't actually touch me. The guy actually messaged me before I started, which was hilarious. I saw it. It was in my request on Instagram. He was like, started off something like, oh, it's amazing that you're going to do this journey, blah, blah, blah. And then he went into saying... From uh, from your previous running experience, I suggest that you should really be shooting for around 82 days is more your levels. I was like, you don't fucking know me, bro. <laughs> like, uh, and then he was he was real hyped up about Bruce Tuller, who had the record. Okay. Um, I think he ran with, he was in the same running club or whatever. And, he, and Bruce Tuller's passed away. I don't know how many years ago, but he's no longer with us. And, right. uh, and also I want to say, Massive respect to him and anyone that does this fucking journey. I don't have any beef with anyone that runs. Like I yeah. like the fact people do it. Uh, he had issue with the fact that I said, we'll become the fastest Englishman. Okay. So the detailing on the van was a big no-no. And he was like, if Bruce was alive, the fucking the walls would come down and shit. And I was just like, this guy's obviously smoking crack, so I'm not going to entertain him. And then it just built from there. Mm-hmm. He obviously came out. Um at the start, it was good because I had some fuck you energy, which was cool. But the thing was, like, as I said, I didn't really care about it, but it really got to Robbie. So it was like, it was hard for me because I was in a position where I, ne- I need to give him validation. But at the same time, I need to think about the fact that I'm running this every day. So, yeah, it was causing it was causing him stress. And it, the thing that was causing me stress was that it was causing him stress, not the actual scenario that was going on. So... Yeah, we tried to balance it as well as we could along the way and obviously came out and there was an interesting part of him coming out that I will get into. Uh, when he first arrived, I was real pissed off and I wanted to fucking kick his head in, um, which I didn't get the chance to do, unfortunately. <laughs> or fortunately. Let's, let's yeah. go with fortunately. Um, um, but I think on like day three or something, when I was getting close to his car, I knocked on him and I was like, look, there's no like cameras around or anything. Like, do you want to walk and like just talk about some shit he was like oh I'll, I'll run with you if you like i was like oh, sounds good come on then so he comes to a run and i was like 
right, you seem to know a lot about numbers, heart rate, power of 10, this fucking website, etc., etc. I was like, do you know, like, the real reason why I run? I'm not that great at it, by the way. And also, can I just say, there's only one record, and it's the fucking guy, it's, <laughs> it's Pete Kosselnick who did it in 40, I think it was 44 days. There's only one record. I could be from Papua New Guinea and I could get every record for being the fastest yeah. Papua New Guinean for doing anything. So the English thing is so fucking irrelevant. It just gave me a goal, something to aim for. But it doesn't mean shit. There's one record, Pete Kosselnick. Respect to him. Psycho. Did like fucking 77 miles a day or something. That's the only record that matters. So I kind of said that to him. And I was like, I'm trying to raise money for charity. And the real reason I ran, he was like, it's because your mum passed away, isn't it? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, that could be emotional blackmail. And I was like, oh, God. Here we go. And he was like, we've actually got a similar story. He was like, my mum passed away too. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm so, like, at a similar age. I was 23. I was like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And he was like, don't be. He was like, it was a good thing. She was a terrible person. Mm, well. Saying she was like an alcoholic, abusive and at that point in my head, I kind of matched. I kind of matched it up. I was like, "Oh, other than this guy probably not being like mentally, mentally well anyway." He's seeing a guy that is running on behalf of him loving his mum so much that it's made him want to do this. Whereas his version of life is, he he hated his mum so much that he liked the fact she passed away, which makes me feel fucking sick to my stomach. By the way that's where his headspace is at so it was almost like a, an acknowledgement of understanding why he's why he's doing this aside from maybe not being mentally there but yeah at that point i was like oh god i actually i feel sorry for him at the end of the day i feel sorry for the guy yeah and probably his wife if he's got one because he's just spent a load of money flying from <laughs> the uk and on hotels and hiring a car to watch a guy fucking run plod along yeah, I think it says far more about him than it does you. And it's yeah. it's that, yeah, I think there's a big element of just jealousy as well, to be honest. I think I think what you do, the way you do it, and <laughs> the yeah. way you make it look so easy, and you don't go down the route of moaning, you go down the route of throwing it down. I think probably, I mean, and there's the obvious, there's the obvious reason you look like you do, you do what you do. You still enjoy yourself. You're not in the sort of ultra world. You kind of bring like a fresh sort of personality to it. I think that inevitably is going to trigger people. Yeah, and that's kind of what we what what we've kind of seen. But yeah, we gave it a, we gave it a lot. But I <laughs> I feel like people want to know about it, so I'm happy to talk about it. Obviously, and yeah, I get that. I'm not I'm not your normal runner. Like I don't talk about splits. I don't know too much about heart rate. Yeah. Like I know a little bit, obviously, because I've been in this enough. But I'm not the guy that's always on the training program, following it letter to letter, whereas, I'll be honest, there's a lot of losers in running. There's a lot of losers in everything, but I'm I'm trying to enjoy life. I'm not just going to be doing this all the time. Yeah. So, sorry if you don't like it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to stop and yeah be like everyone else. And that's why you've you've created the following that you have and the and the sort of like I say, almost a fresh approach to running and this inspires people a lot more than, you know, because there's ultra runners who are doing crazy stuff mm -hmm. daily, right, across the world. Like, ultras yes. aren't a new thing, but the way you're doing it and the way you're just a normal dude who started so recently and is just throwing it down 
with a smile on his face is what gets people out running and i think that's what is obviously um the trigger point which is a shame really Uh, yeah well i'm gonna keep coming yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's going nowhere that's the ugly thing um so how's it been how's it been since you finished like what's it been like is it is it difficult for you to because i remember you saying after 48 30 it's it's almost weird reintegrating into real life mm-hmm. because you've spent 51 days in hotel will as you'd say yeah. literally just with one focus you have literally one focus and that's to run every day and yeah. then recover and run every day and recover like that's the only thing you think about so yeah. has it been weird it has been weird and you know, it's such a beautiful thing life being that simple mm-hmm. you miss it you kind of hate it when you're in it in certain ways and you miss it when you're out of it we have so much shit to do as humans every day. And I probably have less than a lot of humans because I don't have a family. I don't have a girlfriend right now. Like, I am I can be entirely selfish. But the good thing is, like, I remember finishing Joggle and having, a, like, a real low. Because there's, there's a certain element of, not all eyes on you, but there's a lot more interest in what in you and what you're doing for a sustained period of time. And even in it, it's like the same thing you kind of ha- you kind of hate it at the time because it's it's there's so much love and like good energy and it's but there's a lot of it and you don't know how to deal with it and then afterwards it kind of fades away and gets a lot less and then you're almost craving it in a weird way mm. so i knew the the low was going to come anyway but because because of doing joggle in 4830 a mental switch for me on this one was really that i assumed it was going to come or I know it's going to come and I'm going to be fine with it but on this because because of that the low hasn't actually come at all I've just everything's a novelty for me maybe it's because it was longer 55 days or whatever but I'm enjoying everything I remember the the day after what was it yeah the day after finishing I remember going out and getting a coffee in a china cup sitting there and oh my god i can't tell you how happy i was like it was fucking amazing and part of this also is i really don't want to lose this enjoyment or just like shine that i've got right now because when you go through normal life like it becomes normalized because it is like getting a coffee is like yeah it's sweet it's nice blah 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 but the fact that i have so much like oh this is amazing I really don't want to lose that and I I feel like super grateful for everything I'm getting. But yeah, there hasn't this time, I think because I've given myself grace. I was like, if I'm running for, it was supposed to be 64 days, I was like, afterwards, I'm going on holiday for 64 days. I don't care what I do. I put weight back on immediately. I'm like Ricky Hatton after a fight, <laughs> doing whatever the fuck I want. And because, I think because I've, because I pre almost pre warned myself or pre wired myself to allow myself to enjoy it afterwards, I haven't had the pressures of oh my god now like no one cares, yeah. <laughs> like no no one's around or like this is over like what do I do? It's like I almost pre planned that I'm gonna do whatever I want, <laughs> and yeah I'm just I seem like my happiness has not left which is I'm I'm really obviously grateful for. Yeah, definitely. It's that like gold medal syndrome, isn't it? And that's kind of what I was where I was going with that was, mm. is there now almost this like strange feeling that you've come off of almost like, because it wasn't just the 51 days either. It's like the years prior to yeah. prepping and planning and doing all the logistics and doing all the training and 
like there's so much to this right it, yeah. everyone sees the 50 days but there's you know that doesn't you don't just turn up and do something like that yeah. so it's almost like now you're at the you, you almost get to the top of the mountain it's a real and now it's kind of like now what like yeah. and, and we know like the, what the world's like it's so fickle yeah. like everybody's sending you all these messages and it's you know but what comes the territory that comes with that is now that the ceiling's there so yeah. now they're like oh yeah cool he's the, he's, he's the good looking dude who runs <laughs> like yeah now what like do something more yeah we know you run mate now what <laughs> Right. <laughs> so like do, does that ever do, do you find that lull or be, be, is what you were saying there essentially you because you've had that before this time you are just far more like kept yourself on a level with it yeah exactly and it might like I can't say it's n- not going to come at some point it probably will but I've also got I've also got things coming up like the only race I have planned I've got Berlin which is at the end of September I think so it's like I've got <clears throat> I've got this month off or at least I'll go to july and then i've got july august september i've got like a 12 week block and as like going back to robbie saying he couldn't give like properly for a year afterwards i'm hoping i'm obviously hoping that's not the case for me but i've got now something to aim for and i feel like it's also an opportunity to maybe excel or at least go faster than i ever have in a marathon because my foundations are I can run really, 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 really far. No, you just don't stop. No issues whatsoever. So my foundation is real strong. If I now implement some speed work and continue like this, this rebuild with the with the training program of Harvey, I feel like it's an opportunity where I could I could go fast. And I'm talking like trying to get to like two fifty, two forty five. So if you're like a, if you're like a proper runner, that's people will be like oh, well you're not that fast I'm not fast but that's fucking fast for me so that's what I'm seeking nice and we'll see like I don't know how I'm going to react but I've got a, I've got a few more weeks where I'm just going to be kicking it and then yeah I want to get I want to get into something so that's going to then refocus my mind so I'm not just aimlessly moving around the world yeah and do you have any goals in terms of silly challenges so silly yeah I obviously thought thought along the way of yeah, <laughs> what I was going to do like there's there's a part of me that th- thinks I can get the record unless someone does it soon and goes way faster I think I could get the Australian record for running across Australia okay I was speaking to big up Ned Brockman we were speaking quite a lot along the way he's fucking savage I love I'm that sure guy that, yeah. and it, also for him that was his first challenge so the fact he went for the record and almost got there is mad um, obviously I've been doing this a, a bit longer and I don't know if he'd ever try and do it again but I feel like that's something that's I could actually do so getting the fastest time for me is amazing I don't find doing something the f- first counts because no one cares yeah like I was the first I was the first person to run around Lake Como any great ultra runner will do it way faster than me it was 104 miles like it sounds cool but it's irrelevant but getting a fastest time for something that a lot of people have done, that kind of interests me. So mm-hmm. that's one. And then also just like exploring Europe more. If you ran the same pace you did America at, would you break the Australian record? No, it's, a, quicker. it's about a thousand kilometers less. Yeah. And I think you have to do six, I think it's 60, well, no, it's 62 miles a day because it's a hundred, hundred kilometers a day would get the record. So I was doing in kilometers. For how many days? Um, I don't know. Be about know. 40 days. Something like that. So yeah, it's I was if I was doing 55 miles a day, I'd have to do seven more miles for less days. So yeah. that's why I feel somewhat confident that I could. Obviously, it's totally different in terms of landscape and whatnot. I think it's less elevation. 
I think it's a yeah, it's definitely. a lot more flat. WA actually has some some hills and stuff, but I think it's a lot less elevation than the the US was. Um, so yeah, there's like a, a confident part of me that I think I could do it. Um, I need some time. I think it will be like a again in two years' time I'd do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that or like a big European run. I'm a I, I really love I really love travel and I love exploring different cultures. But if I did that. I would also not want it to be a total slog fest. It'd almost be like an experience of running maybe 30 to 40 miles a day, which is still quite a lot, but then having time to actually ex- explore lo- local culture and do some things, see some things rather than, than I say just like going hard at it. Mm-hmm. Think how beautiful that would be. I'd yeah. be sticking to the Mediterranean Sea. I won't say exactly what it is because I think it's more likely now than the Australia one just based on... could do like a Will Gooch run club <laughs> across, across Europe. Yeah, anyone can join. But no, actually saying that, it's a bad thing. But I, I started running solo and I love running solo. I love running yeah. alone. It's okay when like after 30-ish, 40-ish miles of the crew member coming in. But for the most part, obviously we had some people come out, but... There was a part of me that got like very anxious about people coming out and finding me, which is why we turned the tracker off. <laughs> it sounds mad, but like in my head, you like pushing your limits and having someone there that's new and no offense to them. Like also, it's a negative cycle for me in my head because someone's coming out and giving themselves to me and is really interested in what I'm doing. Some people may have driven hours in the car and I'm there like having to then i feel like pressure to put on a performance to make sure they're having a good time yeah but i'm not actually enjoying it myself because there's all that pressure and it takes so much out of you like um energy wise like when someone left i'd feel like super flat so yeah there's part of it that gives you energy and then there's another part that takes a bit away so for the most part i just really like being out there on my own (laughs) block out all the noise yeah yeah that's why go into it is there a message that you would give to people potentially going through something similar to what you went through like you've got you know you've you've turned it into you've turned hardship into obviously something mm-hmm. incredibly positive is there it could have very easily gone the other way and it does for a lot of people yeah. Do, is there a message you would give to people that are potentially going through something like that emotion is energy it's a very simple one <clears throat> if you listen to this now i'd say Actually, don't if you're driving. Don't close your eyes. Or just just visualize the happiest moment of your life. Think about maybe being a kid. And I can think about one example for me. It's when I got my Game Boy Color when I was about eight or nine years old with Pokemon in it. Think about the happy... Or it might be for you, the birth of your child, getting married to the person you love. Like, even here now, I'm like tensing up. There is fucking energy in me. Like you're elated and there's there's power. There's more energy than you'd usually have on at any other time, thinking about the happiest point in your life. You can use that to do something physical or do something in music or art or business, whatever. It doesn't have to be running, but that positive emotion can be fueled towards something. And then in, re- in, <clears throat> in contrast to that, think about the worst thing that's ever happened to your life or the thing that's pissed you off more than anything made you fucking angry and again if you want to go back to being a kid because as a kid you don't like have a filter you just you are how you are things affect you and you don't try and 
pretend they're not happening. I think of as as a kid when you were so angry when something didn't happen, you'd go up to your room ra- raging and you'd like beat the shit. You'd start smacking the shit out of your pillow. Again, that is energy that you're using as a physical output, but you can you can store it up like. All my runs to begin with when my mum passed away was because I was so fucking angry at the world and upset. I'd I'd start sprinting when I was running and I'd be crying at the time. But that shows a real visual version of anger, pain, but pushing you further. So just understand that emotion in every kind of sense of the word is energy. And if you can master if you can master your emotion to use it for something that isn't being stagnant basically you are so fucking powerful you don't even know it it's so inspirational mate like everything you've done is just i think there's two big inspirations that i take from from what you do massively one i think is how quickly you've sort of become such a expert at something so you've you know like as in five years ago like you said you've you'd never ever ran a marathon before and and now you're literally running across america which is like so far-fetched and the 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 way that i guess what it shows is it just shows if you do dedicate yourself to something if you do put the work in if you do like have that mindset actually what is achievable Mm -hmm. and i think that that's so inspiring about like you know if you go all in on something who knows where the limit is And, and you still haven't found yours and I think the other thing as well is just how you've turned such a, I mean, for me, for me personally, I, I, I can't imagine it, anything worse. I think, I think what you went through, like, you know, losing a parent who, who was such a, a lovely woman and you were so close to, there's nothing I could think of that would be worse. Mm-hmm. And the way you've turned that into such a positive and incredible sort of like, thing and the way you're doing what you're doing and in 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 her memory and in honor of her and the money you've raised like that's super impressive because you know you you could have so easily gone the other way Mm -hmm. and that's inspirational um so i know i want want to say thank you to you because i think like i say i think you inspire a lot more people than you realize um just from what i see in terms of even my friendship group and my close circle like everybody's talking about it everybody's you know, people are getting up and running. Some of my best mates have run the furthest they've ever run since you've been sort of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, I think you're just, you're such a good role model in so many ways. For, for one, obviously the running and, and the, the raising money, but also just just being a good bloke. And I think that's that's just one of those things. It's <laughs> underrated, isn't it? Like there needs to be more sort of good role models like you, mate. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say thank you. Um, and where can people donate? Uh, I want to say thank you to you firstly as well for for all of that <laughs> like it's hard it's hard for me to take because as I've said before I don't actually find myself that special but when it's relayed to me in that way I can under I can understand it so it helps me it helps me somewhat accept it again I always don't think I'm that special but I'm so grateful that I found this path and that I know that mum would be extremely proud like that makes that makes me very happy that makes me at peace with what's happened and has turned I wasn't doing anything special before remotely and now some of the achievements I've done if you'd have asked me when I even when she passed away if I'd have done any of this shit I'd have been like you are fucking mad so there's an element of me knowing that I've made it mean something which was the most important thing to me and I'll continue to do that um so yeah thank you for 
thank you for being a friend and being there the whole time with advice and even just a fucking laugh every now and again um but if you want to donate uh there is a link in my instagram bio um <clears throat> we're actually gonna i think it's gonna close at the end of june so depending on when this comes out i'll just say if it is closed do do like do something for yourself do anything challenge yourself in a way and try and raise money for a charity that's close to you um but if you do if it does come out before then there's a link in my bio that goes goes straight to it so yeah that's on instagram or you can just google search wills run across america GoFundMe, and it'll be there thank you so much for your time mate. i really enjoyed this loved it the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com